everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And joining us today, we have two special guests, two of our very favorite people of the podcast. We have Sister Becca joining us, and we have Erin. Erin is back. Thank y'all for hanging out with us. And we, this is our first monthly book pick here on the podcast and we were like has to be sister becca and aaron so thank y'all for doing this and so, we read a jill shalvis in jill honor Shalvis of category jill shalvis january yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she released her newest novel the family you make which is book one in her new series and we're like let's read a throwback you know, because that makes sense. And so we went with the flip side. Before we get into it, just give us your overall thoughts. Like overall, what did you think? All right. Um, I liked it. I, I'm not gonna lie. It was it was nice to read about a, a nice location when I was stuck in the snow. Okay. So I, liked, I liked the fact that there was definitely a lot of beaches. Um, and I very much liked the, the dichotomy between the two main characters. I thought they played off each other really well. And it gave for a lot of uh, good turmoil and tension. Kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, which one's going to push your which one's gonna pull? Plus, all of yeah. her, um, all of her old former jobs to make yeah. her yes. way through school were hilarious and very true in today's world. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I enjoyed it. So I was looking into a bit of the actual flip side line, and it only lasted for like two year, two three years. Yeah, I think, and had like was it forty two books? books. 42. 42. Okay. Yeah. 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 So this, and this one was the fifth, right? Yes. And I guess the line replaced duets, the one that Which started. Which makes off, no so, yeah. sense. No sense. What was this line going for? Because just right. reading this one, my idea is that it was going for characters that didn't didn't need to be with each other, but still chose to be with each other after the conflict. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that was something new <laughs> at the time, you know, or wasn't trendy. Well, that's what I know. wanted to, because I didn't know if, like, I know Sarah's read some, Beck. I don't know if you've read some. So and Sarah I and I talked this. about this a little bit. So duets, right? If duets had more, I mean, they ran from 99 through 2003. And Flipside literally started the next next month after it duets. was yeah it was one was replaced after the other because yes. i was reading duets when they were being published and there was this big to do at the end like for the last few months that there were the ads in the back of the book saying coming in june t- 2003 flip side and they were billed as a romantic comedy same as duets so did the vibes feel any different like as a reader were the you like it, to me so with duets you got two books in one right those okay. two books like if you took one of those books actually felt longer than mm-hmm. a flip side okay in terms of page count and did you so, read them like, back they lowered the page count i did too i think what what honestly for me with these ones the black moment between the two main characters seems so much shorter i feel that than the duets like it seems like there's not as much that builds to it and the conflict is resolved a lot quicker so as i was reading this one i was like oh oh that's it we're done so i feel like you're saying because it's definitely shorter page count than duet but it feels like the whole resolution and that black moment yeah there's not really a time where they're like in a lot of them you see the the black moment there's days weeks sometimes even heck even months where they're separate before they come back together mm-hmm. and the flip side ones i read it's it's always very short and this was a very telltale sign of that one yeah you know what i found interesting too they only released two flip sides a month have they ever released like that you know yeah. that that's because you had for only two a month I mean, technically four technically you're getting four but they were they would state it as only two <laughs> yes. a month. yeah right i wonder if i mean i still haven't read 
the books that I've hauled from the Kiss line. But were these like predecessors to Kiss, you think? Because were this, Kiss romantic comedies? A, no, I mean, they, this, no, I'll be honest with you. This one, for the time period that it was published, I felt if you rip the cover off of this one, it's a temptation. Really? Especially because it was written by Jill oh. Shalvis. I felt it yeah. like, because Temptation and Blaze had that slightly quirkier, but this one was built to be a bit more, I don't want to say situational comedy. You know what I mean? But like with all the weird jobs that she had and, you know, the whole thing, that's, I don't know. It's, there's so many gray areas when it comes to category. You can't put it in one box. Yeah. That's my opinion, mm -hmm. you know? And I don't think that's why the line lasted. So do you think because, okay, when we think of category, right, especially looking at what we have now, you have heartwarming, very emotional, internal conflict. You have medical, which can also, like, very emotional. You have desire, very, you know, soap opera-ish. Is it the lack of the drama that you think people didn't want? I think back in this time when all these were being published, there was a lot of overlap. A lot of overlap. We had both Temptation and Blaze out at the same time. We had Super Romance and Special Edition out at the same time. Really, in ways they were almost interchangeable with each other. Very true. Now, when mm -hmm. you look at the lines that are out, everything is very distinct. Mm. Yes, heartwarming and yeah. medical, like you said, very emotional, but medical is medical. Medical is medical. It's medical, yeah. right? This is small town. Desire is this. Presents is this you definitely now have a lot of wiggle room as to what fits where whereas 10 years ago no you didn't there was a lot of crossover and i think that's around the time that harlequin quote unquote bought out well they bought them out years ago but when they amalgamated silhouette into it you mm -hmm. know what i mean so they were taking over because special edition was silhouette yeah. Super romance was Harlequin. But they were the same thing. Like Yeah. And then you gotta get rid of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I mean flip side and stuff, I think they were just trying to do something romantic comedy, but I don't think it hit at the time. I don't think now though, I feel like it would go. I just have this feeling that romantic comedy would work now. That's just my thought. Yeah. Looking yeah. at everything that's out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I was on the uh, the Reddit subreddit, and they were talking about uh, the new Jennifer Lopez movie with Owen Wilson, and they're Marry like, "This me? is like, yeah, it's like <laughs> this seems like something that would come out twenty years ago, but it's everything I loved about the movies that came out twenty years, 20 years ago." ago yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was the only, the one that, from what I could see, this was the only flip side that Jill Shalvis published, but she did publish like seven titles in duets. Now, some of them, most of them were like, you could get both of her books in one. Like, was it Hug Me, Katie, Kiss Me, Holly, or backwards? Kiss Me, Katie, and Hug Me, Holly, yeah. Yeah, and then I think she had one where it was her title with another title. So I thought that was, you know, cool to see. But again, they only put out 42 books. Yeah, I think that one they put hers with, um, wasn't it with a newer author too? I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, because mm -hmm. people would buy, they'd see name recognition, be like, oh, oh yeah. I'll buy this. And then you're like, yeah. okay, I'll try the other one too. And who's this Jill Shalvis lady? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the, the synopsis, listeners, if you haven't read it. A blonde's ambition. Kenna Mallory is giving up making it on her own, a.k.a. poodle groomer and accounts payable clerk jobs that haven't used all her natural abilities to join the family biz. I love that it says biz in the summary. And prove she's got what it takes to be VP at the newest Mallory Hotel. Okay, so maybe she has way more hair and cleavage than it takes. But that should be an asset around co-VP Weston Ross. Wrong. Wes is hot as Ivy League as the hotel's elite guest and isn't buying the 
blonde routine. Time to change tactics and start working the numbers. Good thing math is Kenna's other natural asset. And when it comes to getting the guy, if it isn't hair that grabs him, it's uh, figures. This is what I was thinking when I first started and I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk to them about this. I've been reading a lot of single titles so far this year just because I had a bunch of books I neglected last year. And so I read this and I'm like, you get one of the books that I read, which was marketed as a romance and definitely is not because the hero dies at the end. But it was over 400 pages. And Sarah and I talk all the time about contemporary romance does not need to be over 400 400 pages. pages, Just saying. I felt like, and this is, when you read this book, I had that feeling of this, this is why you need to explain, like make me feel that this, your books need to be longer because you get so much information in those first two chapters. Chapter one, she's on the phone with her dad. Come back. We want you to work at the family business. I don't want to. Please do it. Okay, I'll give in and I'll do it for six months. There's the stakes right there. And then chapter two, I believe it's chapter two, we meet both her cousin Serena, who we know is like her arch nemesis. She's the one who's been like groomed for the family business and wants it. Cutthroat. And you meet Weston. And it's like, after that, you're just waiting for the ball to drop and the happy ever after. And I'm like, it's... When we talked with Jill Chavez, she said like her experience of writing category, she learned that how to make every word count. And I just felt like this is the perfect example of like doing just that. And I'm like, why was this book that I read 450 pages when you can do this (laughs) in like less than 250? So what did you all think when you first met Kenna and kind of learned the stakes? of the story. I'll be honest, like when, yeah. when I had it, when I, when I read it, like what you're talking about, Brie, I, I used, I usually call that um, being slapped in the face with a bunch of information right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, whoa, okay. You kind of have to filter through and you know, like you're saying, what is the actually important part? Because when I first read it, I was like, hmm, I don't think I like her that much. Yeah. 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 She wasn't, I think she, you know, she was written to not be, you know, that immediately likable character because we had uh-huh. to show growth and more importantly mm-hmm. show that she hadn't found her quote-unquote passion yet and I think that's so much of a part of this character story and why as the story goes on I I liked her much better as a heroine versus at the beginning when she was she did have a lot of things to overcome but she didn't seem like the part of the person I wanted to ultimately root for by up the back right right yeah that's kind of what Mm -hmm. I thought I I don't know I the first thing I noticed though Brie is that the book started out with her driving a car to her destination (laughs) I (laughs) those editors don't your book off with a driving yeah. seed. But you know, this is Jill Chavez, so, <laughs> so she can do what she, can she do wants. It. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, see, I don't, I guess I don't pass judgment so quickly on characters when they're, when they're first being introduced, unless, unless it's something like really bad that, or something really shocking, you know? So I, like you said, Brie just kind of took the stakes in as it was happening and was just kind of warming up to, uh, to our character and what she was going to be going through. It is, I always, I always kind of go into an analyzing stereotypes at the time of the book being published yes, and yes. at least media stereotypes and things like that so even with the title of this one that it, it's playing into that that you know that blonde thing the the whole you know <laughs> blondes are did you, you know, get legally blonde vibes out, absolutely out, i looked it came out two years after legally blonde yes that makes sense okay mm-hmm. yeah and of mm-hmm. course, in what color was her uh, cousin's hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not blonde. Yeah. 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 
Oh, there was so much mean girling in this. That oh, I was. picked up there on was. that too. Like that's um, definitely something of of the time. Uh, very, yeah, lot the the competition there. Okay, I wanted to ask you all what you thought about Serena because at first, I I thought back to when we read that Lynn Graham Sarah, and again, I'm blanking on the title, but there was a mean girl in there, and I'm like, oh, I hate when the mean girl comes in. But they typically mean something. But I kind of like what Jill Shalvis did in the end with Serena. I guess. So what did y'all think about Serena and and just kind of the fact that she was there in the story? I mean, I think she drove the story like she helped drive the story forward. And that's that was kind of her purpose. I mean, because otherwise, why what's what's to make her stay around after that first dinner and that first day? But she she was definitely mean. And I I feel bad for the computer guy. I wanted to be like, what do you (laughs) do to her? When he said quit downloading porn onto your computer. Computer. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not downloading porn. It's a firefighter, firefighter calendar. calendar yeah. <laughs> like, this is Jill Chavez's humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean yeah. say in today's workplace. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just we'll have that conversation in the HR office. Save yes, everybody right. time. That's They're right. literally like at the customer service desk. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kenna initially, I felt like, you know, now there's like the aesthetic of the hot mess and how mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's fine to be a hot mess, right? And I'm like, I felt that with her. But then the more that I kept reading, I mean, because you get scenes of her when she walks into the hotel after she's like, I'm not staying here at my parents' house. She's got like all of her life is in the backseat of her car. And I'm like, who doesn't remember like that teenage friend who had a bunch of just junk in the backseat yeah. of their car? And so she's like walking into the hotel with these two bags overflowing things and it falls and here comes Wes to help her and like she's pointing at him with a tampon and it's just like stuff (laughs) everywhere and like then she gets into the hotel room and she decides to pull an all-nighter and her laptop of course it's old and it freezes but she's in this expensive luxurious hotel and I'm like I don't necessarily feel like she's a hot mess. She's just very different from the world that she was born into. Yes. Correct. So what did y'all get? Did y'all get hot mess feelings or did you initially feel like this is just a rich girl who doesn't want to live the rich girl life? You know? Out, fish out of water in a bit, you know, like you said, you know, rich girl who doesn't, yeah, yeah, make your own way. Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. I, I don't know if it's just I am a hot mess myself and so it's so normalized when I see it and someone else you know uh, definitely like you yeah. said with the car you know we either were that person or we knew that person and, <laughs> and it's a honda civic <laughs> yeah yeah if it would have been like uh oh my gosh a cavalier or a sunfire i would have died like everybody oh, had yeah. those in my life i feel so called out jill shelvis <laughs> <laughs> What, you guys don't right. want to do a 6 a.m. Yeah. run with your father? That was that seemed out of place that they were that they would do that when it seemed like they were weren't out of communication yeah. for so long. Yeah. They're completely estranged, right. but we'll just step right back into our morning runs. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The parents felt very clueless to me, like extra clueless. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And that seems like another, another, I'll just, you know, beat this horse to death, but just a, a sign of, or a symbol of the time that that was just very popular. You have the character that's Serena, that's just the, the bad person, you know, and that is there to foil things. And then you've got the unsupportive parents and, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, like a, like a category is, you have those things, but it seemed like they were a lot harder edges than you would see today. It seems like today there's a much more humanizing element over um, over everything. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like in a heartwarming, there's usually not a bad guy anywhere. You know? Yeah, I don't think I've read a bad guy in heartwarming. I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> you, get some, you get alpha males in other lines, but even then they're soft. the edges are softer, so you want to root for them. Otherwise, I mean, other than, you know, the heat level of an alpha male, why would you want to root for it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and the thing about Serena is, it's, she's one of those characters that when you're reading it you hate her but then at the end of the book you can't help but laugh she was very honest she's like i'm trying to manipulate you right now (laughs) (laughs) and she's like which office was mine she's like oh the like the fifth one on the right and it's like basically this closet and it's like you are a (laughs) b-word And it's tough to read at the, you know, and okay, this is my thing. And this is probably a me thing. But I just want one of those books where at some point, the heroine is like, fuck off and leave me alone. And like, they're always the bigger person. Yeah. <laughs> she should have been like, oh, actually, we changed offices. That's not your office. Thank you for picking right. us to the right office. Right. <laughs> Seniority, you should have the better office. It is a workplace romance. And I think the fact that I don't know, I feel like I feel like in a way she did a really good job of like we know that essentially Kenna and Wes are are competing for the same gig as well but you know that Kenna I mean there's that six months like kind of looming in the background Mm -hmm. you kind of get the vibe I mean you're rooting for her but she's kind of done a little bit of everything so it's like is she really going to stick around for this I just yeah. felt like she's going to show them that she's a badass and she's going to keep it moving. So, I mean, as far as her and Wes competing for the same job and there's, you know, Serena as well. Like, do you think that that added to the stakes a little bit? Because I do feel like in a way it kind of gets forgotten about a little bit because, you know, she doesn't she's she doesn't really want to do this. So, like, yeah. she doesn't really have anything to worry about, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree completely that there didn't seem to be tension there from Serena or Wes for at least the employment position because Kenna Kenna would be fine you know whether she succeeded there or not you know she can be a poodle groomer if she needs to and so you know all of this is really giving her family a second chance more than you know is she trying to get this great job yeah it didn't seem like her end game at all Mm -hmm. yeah no well I really loved I just have to say like I love the California setting like when she's there's like a scene where she's sitting out there on the beach and then he comes and Jill Shalvis knows how to like do a big city romance and not make a big deal about it you know everything doesn't have to be small town and sweet you could have the same thing in the city we have her by mm-hmm. the beach we have the teen zone what did y'all think about that part of the- I mean as soon as her car broke down I was like okay where's her car breaking down at this has to be something there needs to be <laughs> something moving here yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> just 
why is the car breaking down? There's nobody around. Help her. Yeah. So I was like, there has to be something that, that's doing this besides just showing us that once again, she has not been using her family's money, much mm-hmm. to what mm-hmm. Weston has said. But I, I think that I think that the initial part of the team club, I was just like, hey, what are we doing? But as she goes back multiple times, I was like, okay, that's what she's supposed to be doing. That's how she's yeah. going to find her passion. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. it was cool because you don't really see a lot of a lot of things like that in, in books you see right now that they mm-hmm. that that is what they they see their passion in some of it's in you know their own little businesses or something but that that type of social work and counseling is not something you one would normally see yeah mm-hmm. and I like seeing it with just her having these casual conversations like with the teenage girl that was smoking it's like she really you don't think that you have the experience to talk with teenagers like that but she has worked multiple jobs she really does sound like a young woman who's like been determined to like hustle and make it on her own and not use her name and that has probably given her the experience needed to do something like that I mean they just need guidance you know they just want somebody to pay attention to them and listen to them and I think Mm -hmm. essentially that's what she did so I thought that was a really like sweet thing to like add into the funniness and was I tripping or did Wes grow up there too or live there at some point I think it was more his younger brother okay that was helped by by Sarah yeah Sarah it was Sarah specifically wasn't it Mm -hmm. I mean do we feel like this is a gem in the Jill Chavez bibliography that people should check out this was my first Jill Chavez so it's it's gonna be the control from here on out wow Welcome to the club. You know? <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> okay, since this is your first, are you now inspired to read something else, or is it a no for you? Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm a little above neutral because I, I I know this isn't something that was written, you know, from from her heart in the way that she would want to write something today as as an artist, you know, purely as an art form. Uh, so so I, I'm not going to judge her based on that. You know, it's a okay. category book I enjoyed it enough and you know she has such a big name I'm probably definitely gonna pick up something else by her just over time so okay so for you two who have read you know her old category stuff would you recommend a newbie to have started with her single title stuff first or to have dug into the the category backlist what would you say single title start because I got my start with Jill and single title okay you know I didn't come to her category till later when I really started into category I went holy shit I didn't realize it. It was one of those, I didn't know she wrote category type scenarios. Okay. Yeah. And then I started pick, like roughing it with Ryan was my first one, which was a temptation. This is actually only my second category by her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd agree too. I, I'd start with the single titles because it's kind of like what it, what Aaron was saying. You know, you can tell the difference in how she's allowed to write and the story she's able to tell versus mm-hmm. not having some of the restrictions of the category specific uh, title. Yeah. I think so too. Cause my first was single title. I mean, it was hard. Heartbreaker Bay. I yes. think Heartbreaker Bay. No, Heartbreaker Bay was not my first by Jill. I think it was the um oh the series set in Sunshine, Idaho. Animal Magnetism. Animal Magnetism. Oh god, yes. that series. That first opening scene with the duck in the car. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> you need both aired and brief. You have not if you read it. That is right. one of my favorite books. <laughs> she is like the queen of opening scenes. It was interesting because so the Faded Mates podcast, their most recent episode was about break-in case books. And it's like those books on your shelf that you are saving, right? That you've never read.
bread and you're saving for when you need them. And I'm like, I feel like Animal Magnetism series is my break in case. It just feels comforting to know that there's still a ton of Jill Shalvis I haven't read. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Moving along while we have you here, we have to talk books. Becca, we know that you've been reading some Cressley Cole. So shout out to <laughs> Juliet Highland, your sister. <laughs> Juliet, you got her. Um, yes, okay. Thank you. Tell us your thoughts, uh, Becca. Tell us your thoughts and tell us, you know, I we asked you and Aaron to come with books. So first start with the Cressley Cole and then tell us what books you bought. To How recommend. can you be a vampire and be afraid of blood? <laughs> she kills her father, who's a vampire, but she's a half vampire, but she doesn't want to step in the blood because she's afraid of blood. That makes zero sense to me. You're a vampire. <laughs> yes, you're also a Valkyrie, but you're a vampire. Like what I <sighs> Doesn't it just make it add to the comedy of it all, Aaron? <laughs> I think so, definitely. Again, Becca, you're a better person than I am because I would be like, no, I don't love you enough to read this. <laughs> My fear was if, because I got one veto, because I gave it to her as a birthday present, so that I would read it because she loves Faded Mates, and I don't. I told her I'd read, but I got one veto. And I was afraid if I vetoed this one, she'd give me the tongue jar book. Juliet, if you are listening to this, please let us know what the tongue jar book is so that Aaron and I can read it. Yes. <laughs> it's what she talked about before. It was like Faye and you guys named it Faye's Having Her Moment. Whatever book she was reading. <laughs> that was the name in, of the episode. <laughs> it was a jar of tongues that he kept on his bed and like all of his lovers just okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a hard pass for you. I remember there was, was a, a hard, hard pass. pass. But I mean, it's it was very confusing because because there were like she didn't like she didn't like get me into it she gave me yeah. four different types of paranormals in one book <laughs> and I was like how am I supposed to keep them separate it was uh it was a it was an act of love uh, that I will not be repeating star rating one to five what did you rate the book I mean that's that's not fair because I'm not a I, I don't like paranormal um, okay okay I guess I mean it's it's clearly a very talented author mm-hmm. but I I, I just I I really thought she'd give me a vampire one. I mean, a, a werewolf one. Because you see a whole bunch of faded mate werewolf. Maybe if you, I know there's a whole bunch of other books, but maybe it's it's better to read more. But there was just so many convoluted dynamics between the different types of species. First two are kind of rough. I think, like, yeah. Aaron and I love the ghost one. But, you, I mean, that's like the, what, the fifth one in the series, I think? Yeah, fourth or fifth. Oh, as soon as I finished it, Juliet was like, so you want to read the next one? And she starts talking to me about it. And I'm like, no. I just, she's like you're not curious what happens i was like nope not, not at all I, I that's not true i am curious what happens to the lady that's at the bottom of the ocean being perpetually drowned every day <laughs> i would like to make sure that she's okay i'm not even sure i'm at a point where she's you, she's out yet from that maybe i don't think you are i can't remember <laughs> Well, Erin, let me know if she's okay, because that just seems like a terrible torture. Oh, well, that would be just awful to just plant that seed of foreshadowing and, and do nothing with it. I do so. nothing <laughs> with it, right. <laughs> okay, so what books did you bring? So we talked about, like, this one was a workplace uh, romance. And, you know, going back a little bit, I don't think we can talk about workplace romances with 
without talking about the Texas Cattlemen's Club. Yes. Okay. So within that one, I thought the one that kind of fit with this one was the uh, the Price of Passion by Marine Child because they're both they're, in that one they're both kind of using each other to get what they want, and okay. then they figure out what they really want is each other and not what they were originally going for. Kind of, I thought that kind of had parallels between Kenna and Weston. Yeah, yeah. And then I I had a I've got I promised myself once I finally finished the Presley Cole book. I could start the new uh, special edition, the new Fortune series. I'm very excited about it. It's the uh, that's the the fortunes of Texas, the wedding gift. the The first one is the the New Year's Beginnings by Michelle Major. Michelle and, Major. And then a soldier's a soldier's dare by Joe McNally. And I haven't read them because I had to finish. Sarah, is that <laughs> soldier's dare the one with the cover we love with the truck? No, that's Joe McNally. Is that yeah, Joe McNally? It has like the red Ford truck in the background and the dog. I'll check real quick. I have it pulled up because. Uh, yes, I'm... it is. It is. It is. Because I bought that one solely based on the cover. I'm like, dog, <laughs> red truck. He's kissing her forehead. Sold. There's, a, there's a Sonic <laughs> cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't it's, know. it's a really cool looking dog, too. Right? He looks like some sort of weird Great Dane thing. I don't know. Dang we it. Love. I didn't get that one. I don't think. I think. Uh, has your book even arrived yet, Brian? Well, I finally figured out how to track it. And it was in <laughs> Houston two days ago. So I'm hoping it'll be here today. This is the longest a Harlequin order has ever taken. Like, I'm kind of on the fence of do I want to even try to order next month until why I order ebooks free. the world goes back to normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little too. I want it right now. Yes. Yeah. 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 But the soldiers one is the second book. See, I like the cover for the first book too. Maybe I turned the page. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes. I yeah. love that one. It's yeah. clearly got to be something with New Year's because oh. they have sparklers. I love when the series come out back to back like that. Yes. Or like please. in the same month. I love that. Yeah. 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 So that's what I'll be reading next. I'm, I'm quite excited because they are um, special editions, mm-hmm. which I do love. And of course, you know, mm-hmm. I use the, um, the the coupon over Christmas for Harlequin, like I'm sure we all did. Yes. <laughs> and I bought a whole bunch of stuff. On ebook? I, we know you love ebook, but did you buy any physical? I did. did I did buy some physical too. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Because especially when I travel and we travel for the holidays since everybody was vaccinated, um, I bought Harlequin hard copy books to to actually read usually my hard copy books that i take are the um the love and love inspired okay. yes i buy nice. love inspired for trips i don't know why it just it's it's an easy read it's it's a uh, i don't know those are fun i think they are, they're fun along. yes yeah yeah yeah. Well, Aaron recently read his first medical, which we were excited about. Which we know your is your like bread and butter. Love them. <laughs> what did you think, Aaron? You read Tracy Douglas? Yes. So I read Tracy Douglas, uh, the vet's unexpected hero, and I loved it. I wasn't sure what to expect going in. I went in kind of blind, and I really enjoyed just how how quickly I went, got through the story and just how self-contained it was. It was a nice little little treat you know, to have such a a just fun little story, but also so, you know, touching too. Like it ended with a, with just a heart-wrenching confession at the end there. It was, yeah, it really hit home. So definitely there'll be more medicals in, uh, in my reading. Yay. The TBR to come. I remember when that one came out. I remember when that one came out, Sarah was like, I just love the fact that it's a vet in the story. (laughs) Like it's something Uh different than like nurse and doctor. Yeah, not a doctor or a nurse or, you know. Mm -hmm. They have a whole bunch of vets. Yeah. Now too, but yeah, uh, I love that. Tracy Douglas is a gem. If you read 
anymore. Like for Tina Beckett too, and I guess Juliet Highlands. <laughs> yes, of course. I guess yes, you and can um, her if you feel like it. You know? yeah. oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny, Brie. You were you were saying it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna have Becca on. You know, uh, Juliet Highlands' sister. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know that name, and I, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm like, oh yeah, of course, we follow each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, it's like, yeah, and looking at my my list too of of authors that I need to feature on my <laughs> on my blog. And it's like, yep, right there. Right there. <laughs> okay, what books did you bring, Aaron? So I, I only have a few right next to me, uh, but the next one that's going to be on my category journey is I'll Be Home from Christmas. I'll Be Home for Christmas by Amy Denman. She oh. sent me the first two books in her oh. Christmas Island series. That oh, I guess nice. there's going to be six total in that. So I'll be taking it back to holiday here. And then, of course, right now I'm reading Darby Bayham's The Shoe Diaries, which is amazing. But oh. I'm going to get to that more to that. I haven't been able to focus on it like I've wanted to just because of work and things like that. You know, real life And then stuff. since you mentioned mentioned fortunes of texas i have one fortunes of texas i found at thrift stores and it's nice. fortunes valentine bride Ooh, so oh i don't know where God. that ends up that's a good one in the series is it a good one yes. okay good. but yeah that's by maria ferrarella yes she's so fantastic a, he's written like a gazillion things oh yes across all different lines too true she oh, awesome. writes every i haven't i'm not sure if she if i found one that she hasn't written i don't yet. think there's a line she hasn't written no before. That is, I, I find that so awesome. That's great. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it's, you know, a difficult transition for her. It's just a seamless uh -huh. look. It's yeah. fantastic. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. I mean, I think of like, when we when we talk about Maisie Yates, and I'm always like, Sarah, which book of Maisie Yates has came out? Oh, she had like five this month? <laughs> she and it's like a book every month. <laughs> it's like, I think that if you could really get the craft down, I think that would be, because you think about, sometimes you're in the mood for something sweet, and then sometimes you're in the mood for something really emotional and it's like if you are if you have your foot in the door i think it would be fun mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. could yeah. you know go kind of go back and forth so yeah i mean we got like tara taylor quinda special edition and romantic suspense like uh mm -hmm. anna j stewart does yep. so well keep us posted on those aaron because you know we love some special edition oh yeah i love it too it's one of my yeah one of my favorite lines what are you reading sarah i actually i have this is the only category i've picked up this month yeah. I know. Bad of me. But I've been sick. Like, you know, I've yeah. spent the first two weeks, like, not reading much of any. Actually, I did start reading um, an older intrigue by Jenna DeLeon, The Lost Girls of Johnson's Bayou. You're soft, oh DNF. Oh, God, that's so good. I just wasn't in the mood for it right now. So I just put it aside. Yeah. I'm like, I'll pick it up later. But it's really good. New Orleans, yeah. you know, the Bayou, a spooky mansion. It's just all the things. Yeah. All the things. So. I hauled two yesterday. I should have bought them in here with me from the Walmart. Um, <laughs> the Walmart. <laughs> I, I know it's a new Joss Wood Presents and Shannon Stacy special edition. It looks yes. like a fall cover. Her hometown something. Yes. It looks yes. like like the fall in the background, but it is gorgeous. I know the heroine's like a novelist who goes home. There's something with a brewery. And I was like, just just get in the basket on top of the meat. It's fine. Her hometown <laughs> Her man. Her hometown man. man. Yes. It's first book in the Sutton Place series. Yes. It's gorgeous. So Shannon Stacy can she won my heart with her Boston Firefighter series. Becca's now prompted me now that she mentioned the Fortune series. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna read that first one this month and then I'll read the one for February and February. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll just keep up with it. <laughs> Where do you all fall on Valentine's romances? Do you want to see more of them? Do you feel like we get enough of them? Do you not really care? 
I would like to see more Valentine romances. I get happy when I see them. I don't celebrate, celebrate, yeah. air quotes, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day personally, but I think they're delightful. Like, it's just, it's fun, you know? It's fun mm-hmm. to see. Again, it's what we've talked about, Brie. It's a winter romance. Yeah. You don't see that. It's like, it's suddenly, we have Christmas, and then it's summertime. Yes. There's no in between. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes, too, I get stuck, because, you know, you have, like, those very rare Halloween books. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very rare. And then you do kind of skip. So it is kind of, I feel like sometimes it's still, the Valentine's ones are still kind of stuck in Christmas. Yes. And I'm like, just yeah. pull it out. Just pull it out. Just have, yeah. it start in, <laughs> have it start in February. Let's get like a spring break, love. You know, it doesn't have to finish right. in Valentine's uh-huh. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. We want the Valentine's. <laughs> yeah. The book, I, the book I started yesterday on audio, it's a single title, Jessica Clare's um, The Bachelor Cowboy. It It's unexpectedly Valentine's. I didn't realize it was a bachelor auction on Valentine's Day. I'm like, we love a bachelor auction (laughs) and one that involved animals for an animal shelter so each bachelor came out with a dog i'm like (laughs) here's all my money (laughs) right i'm like serena at the customer service desk just just take the porn off the computer (laughs) and there's this old lady there and she keeps bidding a dollar and they're like bidding starts at five dollars and she's like i don't want him i want the dog yeah it's just a firefighter calendar okay right it's fine it's fine fine. before we go let's talk reading goals with you two what are your reading goals for this year becca do you do reading goals i do sometimes but then sometimes my little app annoys me and i'm like no i know i haven't read today and i just want to turn it off um Aren't they bossy, those reading They're apps? Very, very bossy. Is, is it the glow sap the that you're glow, talking about? The glow sap, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll give me some philosophical mumbo jumbo, like you eight hours left to read. Yes. Right? And I'm like, leave me alone, glow sap. <laughs> <laughs> yes but i had um um for i like the uh forensic mystery books too and my favorite author um on that side wrote one over christmas so i finished that in like two days because you know who doesn't um but uh, i'm gonna try to focus on um not just series this year so i know that's that's difficult to say from coming from me but i'm gonna try to branch out away from my love of series and see if i can find some more single titles that i just like as much okay okay so you're going to come back at the end of the year to report back on that because we know you're a series lover yes (laughs) and i I hope that none of those single titles are any more paranormals (laughs) (laughs) oh god okay erin reading goals where do you stand on goals oh my goodness so many so there's personal reading goals i i said i wasn't going to set one but then story graph kept bothering me it's like you haven't set your goal for 2022 it's like all right fine so i usually undershoot it but i usually average a little over 100 books so i just put it at 100 and i'm not going to pay attention to it or try not to but then as far as reading projects i want to keep up my category journey but then i want to keep doing that same thing thing but expand beyond category books still keeping category journey going definitely and then in that as well i want to start doing throwbacks so i want to start reading i want to read the first blaze i want to read some of the older lines like i have a couple of the love and laughter yep. uh, you know from way back when uh, and then i also have a reading project with another booktuber amber unabridged that's uh, to read um the tale of genji which 
was essentially the the first novel um, that was written in Japan, wow. and it's it's yeah, it's a brick, it's a doorstop, <laughs> and so we're we're planning to read it one chapter a month. And I still haven't read chapter two for January, but I'll a get to that eventually. A chapter a month. Yes, yeah, so it's it's going to take about two years. Is the is the oh plan? My so bite sized pieces. <laughs> wow, Sarah. And remember, we were talking about George Eliot. Middle yeah, Brady, Brady, you're going to read a classic this year. Okay, sure. Which one? Middlemarch. It's only 12,000 pages long. <laughs> Sarah's like, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to. Is this available on audio? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is, but it's 56 hours long I, on audio. That's what yeah. <laughs> you better have a lot of knitting to do. Yeah, right? Yeah. Immediately everybody's sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like, I would love to sit one year with, well, I don't want to say a year, but like just have a, one of those tomes, but also I think like I'm a, I want to feel like I'm making some progress Progress, and like sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels like I'm getting nowhere. Like I don't, what, there's that fantasy novel, it's called like the Priory of the Orange Tree that was really popular and I I got it on audio because it was really cheap. But when I saw that sucker in the bookstore, I was like, oh God, no, like this is huge, you know? So I don't know how people do it, but one year I would like to try just to, to do it, but like I said, I get so much out of these categories in less yeah. than mm-hmm. 300 pages. Yeah. You got to make me believe that this sucker needed to be over 500 pages because I will yeah. zone out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we get spoiled. Yeah, a friend years ago who read War and Peace, and I'm like, oh, good for you. I'm like, maybe I should try that one. She's like, let me break it down for you. She was like, War, War, Peace, more war, some peace, the end. <laughs> I don't have to read it. I'm like, thank you. She should make that an audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> here's the cliff notes. Yeah, $4.99. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Is there anywhere y'all are comfortable with people following you online? So you can find me on Twitter and on YouTube. Uh, I am on Instagram, but forgive me, I my old man is showing and I'm still getting used to how to actually use it to its full potential. So I apologize if I look like a fool on there. You do not look like a fool. That's the point of Instagram, Eric. <laughs> if you haven't noticed yet, everybody yeah. on there is fooling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But you can always get me through Juliet Highland, and you can look at her books and her stuff and help her because you know yeah. she used her Twitter account to have people pick which book to have me read. Oh, excellent, <laughs> excellent. So we can just hashtag Sister Becca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at it, I was like, why? Why did they they help her? Oh, the power of social media. All righty. Well, listeners, make sure you check the show notes. We'll have links to where you can keep up with Aaron with his category journey, as well as author Juliet Highland, so that you can go, you know, stalk and pick next reads from Sister Becca. And Sarah and I will chat with you in our next episode. Make sure go get your copies of A Blue Singer to Redeem Him by L. Jackson. We will be reading that in February and we'll be back to talk about it. Have a good day, everybody. Bye.